0: Show. get this party on the road, how fast can this ride go, whoa, yeah, celebrity guest, from the east coast to the west, who knows who he has next, at Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb, tens of thousands on his lawn, he's even followed by your mom, what? broadcasting live, here is your warning, the topics are flowing every Saturday morning, car talk like Sherlock, the guy knows wheels like a dial star. movie talk on the boardwalk, Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining, turn up the station. There's no more waiting. The show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host. Dre.
1: Slackers, that was a pretty mellow song to start my time. day. You see, really in my mind when I was listening to it yesterday, it sounded a little bit more upbeat. Uh, when you're up, I don't, uh, up don't want to get this this early in the morning, folks. If you're listening to me, watch you out. You are listening to the Great Karrasca Show. For a long time, we were Canada's largest, I don't want a radio show, but. Uh, I gave up talking about cars a long time ago, so so I don't know if I feel comfortable saying that anymore. Either way, here we are, Slacker Nation congregates every single Saturday mornings. Good morning, team. Nick, Jody, Lex, how are you all? Good morning, Greg. Morning, Greg. Um, Jody, how are you?
2: I'm good. How are you? (laughs)
1: I'm <laughs> good. It's been an interesting week indeed. Uh, if you if you didn't see the, the video yesterday of uh Dog for swallowing a bee, <laughs> uh <laughs> you don't know the pains of live TV and live radio. What was that? I hope he's okay, man. That thing is dangerous. Just swallow a bee. You don't know what's gonna happen inside. But uh, you know, if you want if you want to see something interesting, you should probably watch it. Did you see that yesterday, Lex?
3: Yeah, actually, I did uh, on uh, my friend's Instagram feed. It was hilarious. Unfor- but uh, brought me back to a uh, time when I was about four or five years old when I saw my own cousin, little cousin, two years younger than me. So he was around three, swallow <laughs> swallow a bee as well because it flew into his was Coke. Yeah. I, uh... So I'm just like, whoa, a bee is no
2: joke. But he didn't really swallow it. It just flew like it was right on his lip and didn't fly away.
1: No, 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 it, it went it right flew, in. It flew inside. <laughs> it did, you it know, <laughs> it took a deep breath, and <laughs> the vacuum just brought uh, it uh, right inside his te- intestines. But uh, uh, I hope he's okay, man. I, I really hope he's okay. You're getting a you know bee sting in your throat <laughs> pipe. That's, That's dangerous. Not,
4: it's not a good thing. Uh, they did. They did say in a fall video that you know it it shouldn't. It probably isn't dangerous. Um, you know, probably the worst could happen is that it could have stung. You know. Some part of his inside and it would be inflamed, but uh, nothing that won't heal after a few days. So, well, he
1: he did something actually quite funny. Is once the bee's inside, there's a lot of real estate to fly around inside. He said, (laughs) "I thought that was pretty funny." Self-deprecating humor, right there. When did he become so funny? (laughs) Wow!
4: Before we move on, (laughs) we.
5: You uh, know, he was funnier. Okay.
4: <laughs> but he was funnier before he was premier. <laughs> oh no! Uh,
1: it's going to be one of those shows. <laughs> no, we got to be careful, man. We can't say things about the government. We can't say things about you know anyone in politics or especially the prime minister. You know, you never know when you're going to have one of the uh, the police agencies show up at your house and raid your closet. <laughs> You never know, man. I might hide some nuclear secrets in you know secrets in my
4: underwear drawer, and the, What's that? they'll probably come in and be like, "How dare you make fun of our prime minister? How dare you? How dare you?" How dare you? He's crying in a corner right now because of you
1: No, because if I need to hide secrets I put it in my underwear drawer There is where I hide it You know, that's the most secret place in my house (laughs) Not not much of a secret anymore, though (laughs) No, man If somebody's looking for my secrets You go into my underwear drawer For sure For sure That's where you go And for that, you need a warrant Come in Show up with a warrant I need to see it What are you looking for? I want to know where you've been, Greg I want to know the nuclear secrets. What is happening to the world, people? This has been an interesting week. You know, the part that I really don't understand, folks, is that I don't think that this is being thought out properly. If you want to stop somebody from running in the next election, you do it with something that actually makes sense. But uh, going into an ex-president's private residence, and just raid it without telling the world why you were there. It's like, what? I don't even think they did that to Nixon. You know, Richard Nixon, I am not a crook. Um, he just stepped down and his house was
4: never raided. He, there was never any searches of anything. Um, but one thing, though, is he was pardoned by Gerald Ford. So he was immune to any prosecution. Oh, he had a friend. He did. He knew a guy. Ah! <laughs> Who happened yeah. to be the person he chose for vice president And then became president after Ah, he, <laughs> he
1: had a friend But, uh, you know, the same thing happened with uh, the Clintons and, and Hillary Clinton and all those emails of Nobody nobody, nobody
4: cared but, but the thing is, though, you know Because you, you did mention Trump You know, Trump was saying during the campaign That mm-hmm. he, would, he would ask his attorney general to hire a special prosecutor To look into her emails But it never happened He never did it <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, the U.S. is an interesting
1: place. It's a very, very interesting place. I, I still don't understand why you would open that Pandora's box. Just imagine for when, because inevitably the pendulum will swing the other way. You know, the world politics always swings. Politicians are swingers. <laughs> so,
3: I did not have. What was that? I did not have relations with that woman.
1: Uh, <laughs> listen, <wait.
3: laughs> yeah, good impression. Good impression. <laughs> what
1: is the name of that guy that, uh, you know, was uh, was suicide in jail for, uh, you know, in, in the island? What was, what was his name?
4: Oh, yeah. The Epstein? Je- Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey yeah. Epstein. That's his name. His, yeah. his
1: girlfriend also got convicted.
4: Yeah. Ghislaine Maxwell. His, his girlfriend got convicted. Yes. Yes. Uh, what did she get convicted of? I believe um, child trafficking. To to nobody. What do you mean to nobody? Who was she child trafficking kids to? Well, she was apparently she was bringing them to Epstein. And Epstein was selling them to whom? Well to himself. It, it, no, but he, <laughs> he wasn't selling them, but he was, you know, abusing them, and she was kind of bringing them to him. I
1: thought that there was a bunch of really famous, important people that was oh, going down the, the, to the, the island, but, you know, no one ever really talked about
4: this. It's well, just, you know... The, the, Apparently, there were a lot of people, famous people, who went there, and some of them apparently did some bad things. I mean, with this is who are they? I want
3: to know. <laughs> Prince Andrew. I want to
4: get them. those documents uh, opened up and see who was at the island. Well, you know that's. I why, don't know. Call me crazy, but I want to know. Well, you know that's that's why a lot of people. You know, are um, skeptical about what happened to Epstein, and you know, I'm not. I'm not arguing one way or another. You know, if if it was in fact a suicide, because it's it's not. Some people aren't convinced. Some people think it definitely was. Really, I'm not saying, but the <laughs> I'm not saying one way or another. But the bottom line is, some people argue that the, the timing is strange. You know, for mm-hmm. his suicide. Are you talking about conspiracy theories here, Nick? I'm not. Listen. I'm, I'm not saying that that's what happened well there, there
1: is a there, there is a conspiracy theory going around that uh that i am secretly batman <laughs> but no one has ever
3: seen batman and me in the same room at the same time i'm just saying you know i'm, I'm just saying <laughs> i did meet toronto batman at like, fan expo a few years ago <laughs> did you yeah he's hilarious that guy we have a spider-man in oakville Disney. Oh, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen
1: him. <laughs> he tries to stop crime. He waves at, you know, traffic. We've seen him walking around <laughs> Spears and Kerr Street. He's always around. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> you know, yeah, the world have should Batman have more Batmans and Spidermen. Yes, Jody.
2: We do have Batman and, Br- and Brampton.
1: Yeah, there is a Batman Brampton. He's a terrible driver right here. Oh, oh wow. he does have a Batmobile, I
3: heard. He
2: does. I've seen oh,
3: it on whole. What's that?
2: I've seen it. I've seen it on the road. He's literally driving around sometimes. Like very rare now, maybe because I don't go that side of Brampton. But I've seen the Batmobile.
1: Wow. We live in interesting times, folks. We live in interesting times when it's a lot easier to die of eating too much than to die of starvation. You know, our parameters are changing. You know, we we're, we're too. It's too easy to be alive. People are finding reasons to keep themselves busy and find problems when there aren't any and uh I, I just need to say this i don't know why i'm gonna say it, but i need to say it anyways i was having an exchange with uh with one of my best friends uh, and remember that i don't have best friends because i was too old when i came here and all the best friends positions were taken but my buddy says that anyone who invites me to a gender reveal party is immediately dead to me and officially a original uh those are facts so I'm going to make it official here on the Carrasco show. I never want to be invited to a gender reveal party. Um, I'm just saying, I need to say this. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Nick. Because it's so random. It's so unbelievably it's random.
3: random. <laughs> they could set fire to
1: <laughs> Uh One day when I'm free, one day when I'm retired, and I can say what I want, and I there are no fears of repercussions, I'm going to be able to share some more opinions with you all, folks. But, you know, before we go into the first break, I do have to send a couple of shout-outs. Uh, <clears throat> this week, we need to celebrate um, somebody that uh, left my uh, Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Uh, his name is Jason Ground. Jason Ground was my general sales manager at Oakville Infinity. And I, uh, I've known Jason for probably, I would have to say, 16, 17 years. Uh, when I met him, he was a sales manager at Orangeville Nissan. And uh, he, was, he was sharp. He was sharp. I, I knew right from the beginning that I was, at some point when I was running my own store, I was going to have him work with me. So when I became the, uh, the, the president at uh, New Market Nissan, New Market Infinity, immediately I made the phone call and said, Jason, what do you think? I have a new post. Why don't you come down? So we started our relationship, uh, work relationship together. Uh, from that point on, he's worked for me uh, three or four times in about different projects that I have had, uh, Thornhill Hyundai, Richmond Hill Hyundai, he was my GM there. And uh, when I took over Oakville Infinity Nissan, uh, he came down to help as the general sales manager for the Infinity store. <clears throat> but he lives up in, I believe it's in Schomburg or Kleinberg. So every day he was commuting a hundred and some odd kilometers just to come down to Oakville and, and to see me. And inevitably, when you are commuting that much, when you're driving in the car for two hours, two and a half hours every single day, uh, your life changes. So he was offered a position with another company, not in automotive retail. But uh, I want to send uh, a shout out to Jason Ground. Jason Ground is an absolute stand up of a man. Uh, this um, he he is the type of person that um, if my daughter ever came home with someone like him, I would be so happy for her. And uh, that is the gaze that I use for all the managers that I have working for me. If these people were to become family members, would I be happy? And uh, Jason is most definitely one of them. Um, Jason, I, I wish you all the absolute best on everything that you are doing in the future. And um, you know, you're a winner. So you're going to f- figure it out and, and, and do whatever is best for you and your family. But uh, you are already missed at uh, Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Um, You left shoes that uh, I won't try to fill uh, simply because some people are irreplaceable. Uh, And he is one of them because of who he is, because of what he is and what he represents. Uh, Often when people leave jobs, uh, there are catalysts, there are negative reasons as to why that happens. And in this case. That's not it at all. We uh, we discussed it. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I'm super happy for the decision that he's made. And um, um, it's, a, it's a known fact now that uh, most Infinity stores across the country are amalgamating into the Nissan stores. So you will see infinity nissan stores popping up all over the country because um you know the product flow is a little smaller than we had anticipated and that the the lineup is changing aggressively over the next two or three years so until that happens we need to right size the operations so uh, for everyone that lives in oakville within the next year, year and a half, you're going to see the uh, Oakville Infinity going back to its original home. Uh, Oakville Infinity was uh, part of the Oakville Nissan building for a very, very, very long time. Uh, But at some point when... uh, There were different executives at the helm of Infinity Global. Uh, We were kind of told to separate the franchises and that took place. But now the the Infinity story is going back to its roots. So Jason will not be replaced. Uh, We have a new plan in place and there is always a plan. But uh, I didn't want to go on on this show without recognizing an incredible, incredible man. And that is Jason Ground. I love you, man, and I hope you're well. Uh, we're always here for you, Lex. Uh, I want us to take a short break. Show, folks. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and uh, we'll be right back after the short break.
0: the street it's the cars that have to look both ways (laughs) (laughs) i'm chuck norris and you're listening to the greg carrasco show hi guys this is roberto alomar and you are listening to the one and only the greg carrasco show
1: is a phone number and slackers you better start picking up the phone so today uh the best phone call of the day i want to talk to you about whatever you want to talk about honestly the phone lines are open i am going to give away um a set of airpods you know, I love airpods, so I always want to give things away that I use, like whenever i I care about someone, I just give them a watch <laughs> that 's a weird thing man, or buy them shoes, shoes make me happy, so I just buy them watches, buy them shoes. If I ever bought you a watch or if I ever bought you shoes. You need to know that I love you. <laughs> if you, if you were that's to, the way I show my love
4: to people. It's the weirdest thing. What's that? that that's interesting. That is interesting. I'll remember that. But if you were to give away shoes or a watch, which yeah. kind of shoes or watch would you give away?
1: I would look at your shoes, and if you're dusty, I will take it to a store and replace whatever you're wearing with new ones. Okay, that's it, what I would do.
4: Would it be? Would you have a preferred brand or just no, any, no, whatever
1: about, you whatever yeah. you're wearing, and I will give you an upgrade. Okay. So if I have ever bought your shoes. For no reason, because from from time to time I will do that. Don't I know it's weird? Yeah, I get it. Stop it, stop it. Uh, I will if I ever buy you shoes. I love you. You need to know that. Uh, and the same thing with watches. I I have this thing about watches. I don't know why, man. My um, my grandpa who was just an absolute monster, <laughs> he had this watch that uh, when he died, uh, the, the watch disappeared and uh i wanted to keep it for some reason and uh i remember just being so troubled when i was a kid that my grandpa's watch was missing um so you know i got into watches at a very very early age so you know just remember folks whatever watches i wear they're not real i buy them all at pacific mall well i i import the knockoffs from china so yeah yeah know. i don't I'm, oh, too, you're right. I'm too poor for that as long as they look real, that's what matters. Hey, listen, if you can, if you can touch them, they're real. They say, uh, no, but when it comes to watches, it's the same thing. So don't, uh, <laughs>
3: don't hold it against me, Jesus. That kind of a show this morning. Yes, Lex, you have something to say. Uh, you just gotta, you know, you got look like a million bucks without spending like a million bucks. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know, and you know, and the car that I drive is a kit car. You know, I bought the actual
1: metal sheets. You know, inside it's a is a gold Corolla. It just sounds good (laughs) It it looks good Another gold Corolla (laughs) That's right And these sunglasses That I'm wearing right now You guys can't see me Because I'm on the radio Uh, They are um, The Petro Canada special You know (laughs) 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 Now you guys Know my secrets And this is not real tattoos That you see me covered in It's uh, What do you call that thing That you guys do Hannah is that what you know for Indian yes, weddings? They put the henna. henna. There you go. That's what it is. They, if I take enough showers, uh, it, it'll come off. <laughs> <laughs> you can just rub it right off. <laughs>
4: and, and those headphones are our knockoffs too. Yeah, you know?
1: everything's yeah. knockoff. Yeah. But anyways,
4: <laughs> so you know, let's let's carry on with the show. Uh, I, I was going to the
1: shout outs uh, and I can't. I'd be. Uh, I would be wrong if I uh, if I don't mention the crew that stays at uh, at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Daniel, you, Tom, Cow, Sean, Ryan, amazing. People: Mark Calvito, Raj Mistry, Randy, Rajiv, Serena, all the people that work. That's the management team at Oakville Nissan, Oakville Infinite. You guys are amazing. I love all of you guys except one. There's one of you that I don't love, and um, uh, it's important that that you know that because uh, uh, these are the people that remain, and they will look after you. Uh, You know, the car industry is changing so much, and. uh, um, loyal, good people are so unbelievably difficult to find. It's like nobody wants to work in, in regular jobs these days. And Oakville is a particularly interesting place because uh, let me give you one example. We are looking for uh, a parts counter person, somebody that works in the parts department that is, is, a, is, a, is a crucial job at, um, at a car dealership. Every time the vehicle comes in for service, the mechanic finds out what is wrong with the car. They go to the parts counter, they order the part, that person brings the parts to the mechanic, the car is fixed, and so on and so on. If we don't have that parts counter person, (laughs) we can't give you the part. The mechanic can't put it in the car. Your car is not fixed. So this is a crucial, crucial part, uh, you know, position at a car dealership. We can't find anybody because nobody wants to work in a car dealership or the menial jobs, according to many, or the regular jobs. And when that job is so unbelievably important, there is so much uh, upward mobility within the position that, uh, uh, honestly, it can become a career. In fact, Technical Tom, you know, my fixed operations manager, who started as a mechanic, then went into sales, and then that's how it started in the parts department. And now he is the second or third in command at the dealership. So there is a lot of career opportunities within the car industry. But for some reason, we have vilified car dealerships for so long that people don't strive to work at a car dealership anymore. So we're looking for technicians. We're looking for parts, counter people. Uh, There are many, many, many job opportunities. Uh, We're looking for a lot person at uh, Oakville Nissan, Oakville Infinity. So if you are looking for a career change if you're working for a car dealership right now and you want to give yourself another chance another lease on life uh or perhaps you just need to stir things up you know from time to time people get too comfortable and you're like ah you know i don't want to go to work anymore i'm gonna put up with this person and this person and this person maybe i will give another crew a chance maybe i'm your guy So if you are working at a car dealership right now and you want a a new, uh, you want a new scenery, you want to, it's always sunny in Oakville, just so you know, eh? it's it's always sunny here, you know, from, from here, from the Eagle's Nest, as you can see, Nick, isn't it always beautiful? Look at this, look at the skyline. It's absolutely stunning, you know. You can see the lake, you can see uh, the the CN Tower. Now you're not going to be able to see that from the inside of the parts department, but I you can always close your eyes and and visualize, <laughs> visualize it. <laughs> so we are taking job applications. In fact, uh, Nick, if you want to come and work with me, I will give you a job too. But you know, that would you be don't awesome. really. Yeah, that's it. Come and see
4: me on Monday, and maybe I'll get you to
1: work in the, pars- the department. It's an actual cool place.
4: It doesn't matter that I don't have any, you know, put past uh, work. I'll and- train you. Okay. That's the beauty
1: of it. Okay. In fact, with the exception of, let me see, with the exception of Tom, uh, who happened to have worked, his, you know, worked up his career while he was with me, most of the people that I have run in the store for me right now never had any experience. I trained them from the ground up. Believe it or not, I'm a pretty good trainer. Sometimes.
4: Sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I fail. Sometimes. I fail often. But anyways, you know, come and see me on Monday. And if you're unemployed, you may want to come uh, and talk to me. But technicians, see, we just look. We're making a difference in the world right now, Jody. How would you have known that this was gonna happen this morning? Now the question is that I know Nick, do I want to work with him? It's like <laughs> ah, am I gonna have oh, to put no. up with him now 40 hours a week? Yeah, you're not we gonna show as well. <laughs> oh, no. oh no, What did I do? What right. did I do? You can build like, like a, a job, job interview, interview now. Hold on. hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, wait a second. I, I just need to take the foot out of my mouth. <laughs>
2: <laughs> let's do the job interview on air. Let's do this. Let's see. What's that? Okay. Or like, let's do the job interview on let's, air. Let's
1: do that. Okay, that's amazing. Okay, so um, are you working right now? Well, this job, but that's it right now. So you're not working right now. That's excellent.
4: <laughs> um, uh, do you have any work experience? Um, I, I do. Well, not in, in the car industry, but a little bit. Yeah. Do you? Are you good with numbers? I think I'm pretty good with numbers. How is your memory? Very good. Um,
1: because that's one of the things that you're going to have to be really good at when you're working in a parts department. Every, every part has got a serial number. Okay. So eventually everything just becomes like the code behind the Matrix. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if you ever watched the movie The Matrix and you want it to be Neo, this is it. This, okay. is, this is where you go work so you can see the numbers just scrolling down. Are you okay working? Are you okay being in prison? being in prison? Yeah, I'm joking. No, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. stop. The Where part... is this going? What kind of interview is this? The parts department it's just a box <laughs> filled Where with parts. Where
2: are the parts from? That's what my question is now.
1: <laughs> but, anyways, okay. So, what do you? What would you say? Let me see here. Um, how how good are you in in the in the face of crisis? How do you handle stress?
4: I think um, fairly well, Be- better than I used to. I think I've, I've improved, you know, it's especially, you know, ever since I, I, well, when I did my internship here at in the station and, you know, and obviously did my whole program at Humber College in Radio. I think it, it, gave, it gave me experience with, you know, higher stress situations just ever since I've started, you know, being involved in the radio industry. So I think I deal with it better now compared to before I started in radio. Okay. That's good. Do you have your own transportation? Uh well that's uh, a yes or no question. I I can take the bus. (laughs) Okay,
1: So he does have transportation. Folks, don't be elitist. You know, you can take the bus, you know. Exactly. Um, you know, I took the bus for work for a long time. It's uh it's terrible. But you know, hey, listen, if you can't buy a car if you don't have a job, right? Um, let me see. What do you think is your your biggest forte? What would you if I hire you, how would my life and the life of the people that work at the store
4: change? You'll get someone that works extremely hard and that always wants to solve problems. You know, you you give me a problem and I want to I want to help you. I want to solve it. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna say oh I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll be happy to help out. I like this. I like this quite a bit. Okay, uh, if there was one reason why I shouldn't hire you, what would that be? There's no reason. I think I'm the perfect candidate. Oh wow. Look at this. <laughs> is, that a, is that a bad Are
1: answer? you like the Donald Trump of, polit- of <laughs> politics? <laughs> You've never seen anything in a personal advice like I, me. I'm I,
4: the best there is. See, I could have thought of something, but then I, I was thinking, if, if I tell you a reason, then maybe that'll discourage you from hiring me. So no, I, I want to I know the truth. Do you ever lie? Do I ever lie? Very rarely. We see. So... That's it's a right quick. now. <laughs> uh, <what's up?
2: laughs> oh come on, Jonty! <laughs> come on, uh, not you know, the best. Uh, so you graduated from school be.
4: already? I did. So
1: yeah. you're literally open to uh, in, in the workplace, looking I'm, for a job. Absolutely. Yep. Um, is this a long-term commitment that I would have from you, or are you, this is an in the meantime thing until you find
4: something else? No, I think I think it, w- it would be a long-term long-term situation because uh, you know I I'm looking for something that. I'm going to be passionate about and that, you know, a place that I can really make, make a difference. And I'm not, I'm not planning on being there just for a month or, you know, a few weeks. I want to be there. Hey, as long as you, you need me. Okay. So what
1: if in three months you come and work for me and you are terrible and I have to let you go, are you still going to be uh, the person that sits with me on the radio show? Because you see now if, if I have to fire you in three months from now, uh, I might lose my, my, my,
4: Quasi-co-host here. <laughs> no, I'll still be here. I'll still be here. Uh,
1: do you believe that, Jody? Do you believe him? I do. Uh, yeah, Lex, I... what do you think? I think that if I fired him at work, uh, <laughs> he will he will quit the show for
3: sure. No, 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 no. no. What do you think, Lex? He <laughs> seems very genuine. So I think he will still stay on the show.
4: I, I will because I, I I would like it too much. I like the show too much to quit. I see. So Okay, I'll tell you what.
1: Um, Tom's interview with you Notwithstanding Because you have to meet my, uh, my fixed operations manager I do not Although I have the ultimate Hiring power at the store I always allow my managers To meet the people That I'm looking at bringing in Okay So his opinion Notwithstanding You're hired Yay
4: Yay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be broke anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just gave Nick
1: a job on air. We're making a difference, one call screener at the
4: time. This is amazing.
1: (laughs) You know, look, your life just changed. That's amazing. And, you know, the funny thing is that most people think I'm joking right now. I'm actually not. Uh, Tom, you have Nick coming to see you first thing Monday morning. And uh, if we like him, we're going to keep him at work on Monday morning. So I I know that Tom is listening to the show because he's always complaining about something. So he was complaining that he couldn't get uh, the radio show on the computer. It was not coming through uh, the web so we can only it was only coming through the radio so um no, no. anyways
0: it's, it's, be no, it's
4: it, I, I, I did not expect this When I woke up this morning
1: <laughs> Well, you know, uh, congratulations uh, okay. Well, let's see what we can do And hopefully you turn out to be uh, Better than what you do here Ouch <laughs> Ouch <laughs> 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 right, Wow I'm no, no, no. <laughs> And on that note We're going to take a short break, Lex <laughs> The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan And Oakville Infinity Making a difference in our community One call screener at the time you see now we just filled the position you guys are amazing let's go for a short break we'll be right back
2: What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture. And if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show.
5: Give it a listen. Take care
0: rumor's run round, you that know it takes its time,
5: but to check outside the outside again. game, and you know what I'm talking about, just let me know if you're gonna go,
0: to that whole mile long the range, We got a lot of nice girls out huh?
1: Good no. no. Not, not be in a good mood when we just found a new parts person for uh, Oakville Lisa and Oakville Infinity. Are, are you,
4: did you think your day was going to go the way that it's turning out, Nick? Not even a little bit, but this is a, an amazing surprise.
1: Do you think that your parents would allow you to still live in the basement for the next for the foreseeable future? <laughs>
4: <laughs> to, to be fair, I'm not like the basement dweller. Actually, I leave my basement. <laughs> he doesn't. Oh, come
1: on. He doesn't. Oh, no. They'll be happy. They'll be happy. Well, listen, it 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 stands to reason that uh, if you were higher on air, uh, we will do the performance review on air. And if you ever need to be terminated, uh, we will do it on air as well. How are, are you, That's the condition?
4: Are you going to do it Donald Trump style? You're
1: fired. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. No, 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 no. no. Well, with he's, your finger he, too, you're know, pointing. He's a better man than I am. Um,
3: <laughs> uh, no, 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 I did I, a Vince man way and go, you're
2: fired.
3: <laughs> Wow,
1: you're really committed to that, Lex. You... Hey, it's wrestling. Wrestling's my
3: life, man. <laughs>
1: you know what? Maybe if you... you that came... For, that was a guttural. You're fired. Yeah. I, I, that's the most in, intense. You know, that's the most emotion that I've ever seen on a fired...
4: Maybe if you do ever fire me, you should ask Lex to, to say it, because that was pretty impressive. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a good idea. <laughs> that, that is a very good idea. You know, I was supposed to
1: talk to you folks about uh, why is it that negotiating at a Car dealership is a really bad thing, <laughs> but uh, maybe I'm going to leave that for the last hour—the hour—the hour of the grievances—simply because uh, uh, something really special happened this morning, and I know that uh, we we take it as a joke, but we we I think that we just gave Nick a job, uh, and I know that uh, Tom is listening to the show right now, and he got upset that I said he was always complaining about something. <laughs> 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 oh, no. Is he, is he not happy? That Tom Kelsbeck, technical <laughs> Tom. Tom, <laughs> I love you, man. No, you're not. You don't complain about anything, Tom. <laughs> but uh, no, no, he will. Com- don't laugh too much. He's going to be your boss, man. He's going to okay. complain about you. Okay. So he will cut you no slack. Anybody that you. anybody that knows Tom, Tom is, is quite possibly the single most organized person I've ever known in my entire life. And uh, he can go from selling a car to taking an engine apart in front of your eyes and he can do both. He's a better man than I am. I, I, absolutely. Uh, I can't do it. The other day I was looking for him. I couldn't find him. I said, ah, where is he? I went to his office. I went upstairs. I went to the infinity store. I couldn't find him. So I went to the parts department. He wasn't there either since he's in the shop. So I go look at him. He is, um, he's putting together. Yeah, putting together, not taking apart. He was putting together the automatic retractable system of a an infinity convertible by hand. <laughs> and I stood there just watching him doing this thing. It's like, oh, my God, I'm such a useless man. <laughs> it's like, I couldn't even begin to understand the tools that are needed to do this. I just fake it. <laughs> <laughs> I just fake it I just put a plaid jacket Grow a beard And boom It looks like I can change the oil <laughs> Fake it till you make it <laughs> no, no, Tom actually does it You know from time to have, You know done, done, He's going on vacation And he comes to say goodbye And I give him a big hug So when I hug him It's like I hug manhood It's like power It's like What the hell you know, he, we're very similar in age, but I feel like I'm hugging my dad. He's like so strong, like that old man's strength. He's so tough. I would never, ever want to fight with him. Not that I would ever fight with him, but, you know, he's, a, you know, he's quite possibly one of the most remarkable people that I know in, in my life. But I look after him in so many different ways. So that's the guy that's going to be your boss. You know, there is not a single person. Actually, there is one person that works for me that I don't feel this way towards, but that person must not be named. Just about every every person that works for me, I have a tremendous amount. Actually, there are two. Um, the, um, there's a t- <laughs> it's about everybody... <laughs> that work with me that i have a tremendous amount of respect and uh, that's the crew that you're going to get uh involved with they are amazing people we um every, every week we make a difference on people's lives and uh, and i see it when when customers come down and they you know, we stand outside, we take pictures and they, they pick up their new vehicle or they happen to be stuck with a problem in their vehicle and they come in and we give them a loaner. I know there are no cars out there, folks. If you are going, if you have a problem with your car and you don't have a good relationship with a dealer, you can't throw a tantrum if they don't give you a loaner. You know, if the last time we saw you was four years ago when your warranty was still in place and then we haven't seen you since, uh, and then something happens to your car, you cannot show up at a dealership that you haven't been there in in years and demand that they give you a vehicle to drive while the parts in back order because our favorite dictator is creating this mess with the supply chain situation. We, We can't do that. So... You know, I I think it's, it's it's important that that you recognize that the tremendous work that dealerships do in every single community. We keep society moving, and I know that, uh, as I said earlier, uh, the car industry has been vilified for 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 decades. You know, if not, over a hundred years. And a lot of it is not even well-founded. I've said this many times before, that the number one reason why people hate dealerships is because of negotiation. But what people fail to understand is that negotiation, 100% of the time, is instigated by the consumer. It's not initiated by us. We have the vehicle. This is what we sell the vehicle for. If you want to buy it for less, you will start the negotiation. We don't. If you come in and you buy the vehicle for where the vehicle was built to be sold for, then we will never have this, this situations. So this is one of the reasons why, folks, I think it's important we address on the hour of the grievances. Why this time, and I was talking to Richard Serret yesterday about this, why what's happening in the car business right now is the absolute best thing that could have happened to the consumers by and large in relation to the car industry. And I know it's going to sound crazy to you because interest rates are super high, uh, because payments are super high, cars are difficult to find, and so on and so on. There's a lot of things that are happening that uh, would make you feel that the situation in the car industry uh, across the country is not a good situation for the consumer, but I would like to disagree with that notion. And I'm going to break it down for you in ways that make sense, because I, I think that there are... There are ways that you can take advantage of this right now, and I'm going to show you a few ways that you can go into a car dealership be safe. Other than if you if you've chosen not to come down to Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, I'm going to show you some ways that you can go into a car dealership and and feel safe that you're making the right decision. Uh, now, I, I also want to say thank you to the dozens and dozens of people that send me messages on social media and on email asking me for advice in relation to a purchase. You know, should I buy this? Should I buy that? Should I lease? Should I finance? Should I put this money down? Should I not? Should I trade in my vehicle? Yes or no? Should I buy this and extend the warranty on this particular vehicle? What do you think, Greg? What kind of warranty I should get? And I get these messages on a weekly basis and I I try my absolute best to reply to you as early as possible, but just like anybody has ever called my phone, um, I, I tell everyone, please don't, don't leave me a message on my cell phone. Do not. Um, I gave up looking at or listening to my messages about 13, 14 years ago. So there's got to be a hundred thousand messages on on that phone there that I haven't listened to. I can't, I don't have the time. I don't have an assistant. Uh, I, I, I should, but I don't have an assistant. And the main reason why I don't have an assistant is because I don't want to put my responses and my life in the hands of someone that doesn't feel the same way about things. And uh, you never know. Just like my social media, I, I don't allow anyone to touch my social media on any one of my businesses. I, I've never done it. Um, and from time to time, it gets tough to juggle all these things that we have going on at the same time. It's, it's, it's tough. But I'll take it. I'll take it. I wouldn't wanna have it any other way. Perspective is such a wonderful thing. I don't have to do any of this. I don't have to go to work. I don't have to go in social media and feed the, social, the hungry social media machine. I don't have to go to work and try to sell cars to people for 30 years. I get to, I get to go to work. I get to be on air. I get to talk to you. I get to help people with their transportation problems. I get to make a difference in people's lives. In realizing the difference between having to and getting to has made the world a difference for me. And it's all a matter of perspective. I don't have to deal with the messages that I get from the basement dweller, the stalker that stalks me every Saturday here, folks. I don't have to. I get to. Why do I get to do this? It's because I happen to be in the public eye. When there are tens of thousands of people that listen to the show every Saturday. Of course, I'm going to have a nut job that is going to listen to this show from time to time. And he, she is one of them. I don't know who this person is. But I get to do this. And I wouldn't want to have it any other way. This is a three-hour therapy session, and we get to change people's lives. For example, on the other side of the hour, Money Mike, a very good friend of mine, and my personal financial advisor, comes in here and spews out financial wisdom to all of you. And this is available to each and every one of you who is willing to listen from people that have actually made it. Money Mike is one of the most successful humans that I know. And he comes in every other week to put down right in front of you the formula to make this happen for yourself. But again, you know better, right? (laughs) We all know better. I also knew better until I decided to hold Mike's hand. At some point, we need to take a step back and say, you know, I'm going to allow myself the possibility, you know, I know it's hard because I'm right all the time. I'm going to allow the possibility that maybe, just maybe, I don't know. Just maybe somebody can teach me something. Just maybe somebody has a better way. And this is what we try to do here every single Saturday morning. And I'm lucky to do so. The show is brought to you every single week by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople, but now everybody else is doing it, so I don't even want to say that anymore. I remember when I did it 12, 13 years ago. I was blacklisted from the community for such a long time, and look at, look at it now. You never know what is going to be The future of an industry Until we get to the future But the future is never here There is no such a thing as the future It's only now This is it This is the future that you were looking for 15, 20 years ago Are you happy with it?
0: I want to break free
1: If you want to break free from the chains Of the system You need to listen to people that have actually done it Let's take a very, very short break and we're gonna have Money Mike on the other side of the hour. Stay tuned. Lex, take us to a break.
0: I've got to break free.
5: What's up, sports
2: fans? Forrest Griffin here, and I want you to check out the Greg Carasso show. Check him out.
5: Greg and the gang. Uh, Yeah, enjoy. It is
0: time for Greg Carasso. Trending Twitter like a bomb, tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a dowstock. Movie talk on the boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. This show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host. You ready? A rich man, and I have been a poor man, and I choose rich every
2: f- time.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh.
1: And those who know, know. The brains of the operation. (laughs) It's in the house. Money Mike.
6: Good morning, brother. How are you? Well, how are you doing today? I, in a generous mood, I can tell. I, yeah, man. I, <laughs> listen, when <laughs> you get a job and you get a job. and I'm just trying to make
1: you. lemonade, man. I'm trying to make lemonade. You know, You're when the world gives you lemons, ah, you put some salt in it and you squeeze them in. There you go. Nice. <laughs> That's what nice. I'm trying to do. And for those of you that have ever spent any significant time with me, everybody knows that I like to eat the lemons with the rind. <laughs> 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 and that is not a joke. I will I will buy eat lemons like I eat apples. Just put a little nice. bit of salt on them and mm, it's delicious. Why you uh do you have that grimace look on your face? <laughs> Just that? think you you're thinking about me eating lemons with a rind. <laughs> I see I, you, I see your face like oh <laughs> but uh, how how is your week? Are you on vacation still or you've been on vacation for the last two years? But
6: nice. <laughs> Uh, no, I haven't been on vacation in about a month, but I am going to be on vacation in a couple of weeks. I'm going to take yeah. they usually take another week at the toward the end of August to be off with the family, do a little camping, spend some time.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's that's nice. I, I wanna I wanna take another week off, but uh, there's a lot of stuff going on at the store, uh, Mike. We're moving yeah. the Infinity store into the uh, Nissan store, and then we're going to go into construction for I don't know a year and a half. So it's like. <sighs>
6: You know, have you ever... You've been through that. You've been through that before, haven't you? I
1: I have, but it's like, uh, have you ever done... I don't know what it's called, but it's a cold dipping. You know, when you uh, go into almost frozen water and you just go in there. Yeah. For for like it, the polar bear dip, that kind of thing. Yeah, something like that. But this one is, uh, you you do the dipping from hot to cold and hot to cold. I I, oh I went to a uh, Scandinavian pool once when that place used to be cool ten years ago, <laughs> and they have a giant in the in the middle of the winter. They have a very very cold pool that is almost freezing. And the other one is nice and warm. Uh, you know, Going through a renovation at a dealership is like jumping into the cold side of it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know that it has to be done. You know it's going to hurt like hell. Yep. You know it's terrible. And when you get in, you think you can tough it out, but it, it hurts just as much. But when it's done, it's like it's tingly. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> I know you're better for it, but uh, yeah, yeah the, the transition is happening over this week and we're moving the sales department for this, this weekend, we're moving the sales department from the current, uh, infinity location into the infinity side of the Nissan showroom. So this is a seven day week for me. We'll be working okay. tomorrow again. Uh, so that would make it two straight weeks of work, and uh, for those you know that I spend time with, and I always say this because a lot of people don't know how much I work. Uh, those those sixteen hour days, uh, yeah. they, they add up. They
6: add oh, up for sure. So you, you, I hope you do find some time after uh, after the big move is done to to take some time off and regenerate. I I don't know about you, but do you ever feel
1: guilty going on vacation? Like I always felt guilty. I feel like uh, I feel like I, I won't be needed or I won't be missed. You know, if I don't, I'm not afraid. No, point, except the the thought of not being missed. It's weird.
6: Yeah, no, I I don't have a fear of not being missed. I I have a fear of the workload that I leave behind for my team while I'm not there. For sure, um, that's that's a little bit uh, scary sometimes. But uh, I'm without me there, I don't generate as much work for them to do either. So uh, I think they enjoy it when I'm gone. So. Well, Relatively guilt-free. Relatively guilt-free.
1: <laughs> when I grow up, Mike, I <laughs> want to be just like you, except that you have a 25-year head start on me, and that's
6: not—that's not it. It, that's a tough curve to to catch up to, but hey, okay, come on in, man. The water's great. Uh,
1: for those of you folks that uh, that don't know who who Mike is, uh, Mike is my personal financial advisor, and he's available to you if you uh, if if you have any money in in the market, and uh, uh, you, you don't remember the last time you spoke to your financial advisor, um, especially during trying times. Um, maybe it's time for you to make a switch. And uh, that's what Mike has done for dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of my listeners over the last few years that have listened to the show and taken my advice uh, in relation to this. And I made a promise once that I was never going to have anyone on the show who I don't use personally. Um, and just like I said earlier on the show that if I ever buy you a watch or buy your shoes, I love you. Well, this is uh, a Mike on the show is, is another sign of that deep respect and, and love that I have for all the listeners, but one. And, um, I, I think that there are many of you that can take a serious advantage of this sort of guidance from an expert in financial
6: advice Uh, where can people find you mike well they can always call me direct outside of the show uh, on my cell phone 905-320-6762 and uh, you know i please do not apologize if you call it i promise you i will only answer the phone if i'm able to if i'm not leave a message. I do check my messages. I I will call you back. Uh, otherwise, you can reach out to us, direct go to our website, moneymike.ca and there's a, you can you can read all about us, see our pictures, find out what it is that we do, find some resources like the podcast there and and there's a way to contact us through the website.
1: Uh, say that number again?
6: 905-320-6762.
1: That brings us down to The regular type of conversation, numbers, numbers. We always talk about numbers. What do you want to talk about first this morning?
6: Well, yeah, a little bit of numbers that uh, came out on Tuesday this week. We got some the US inflation numbers. I know this isn't exciting for most people, but for us really, really dry financial advisor types, it was uh it was a nice bit of uh, news. The uh, the US numbers came out their inflation rate for July fell to 8.7% down from 9.1. Doesn't sound like a big reprieve, but it's a reprieve it's a reprieve and and of course the the markets reacted very positively that coming out and and you know i've spoken about this on the show before that this is what we believe the markets are looking for is is some evidence that governments are getting on top of the inflation issue um and and if they are if they do get on top of it then the opportunity down the road for interest rates to come back down uh, exists and and more specifically, if it's not continuing to rise, they don't have to keep raising interest rates as aggressively as, as they have been. So it was positive news. Um, of course, Canada's numbers aren't out yet. We like to really take our sweet time and get around to it eventually. Um, so we don't know what our effect has been. Is yet.
1: it me, or I? I heard the president of the United States saying the other day that uh, the inflation was zero. Um, I, oh God! Saw, did he
6: have that gaffe?
1: Uh, yeah. He, I, I heard him say it on a, on a press conference this week because the, the definition of in, uh, inflation has been erased and redefined. I don't know if you've uh, if you've heard about this. It's a it's, it's a big thing this week on social media. Yeah. But if you go to Wikipedia, now you see traditionally you have two negative quarters, right? That was the the traditional financial definition of uh, of an inflation, right. but uh, that has been erased from Wikipedia as the normal uh, or the understood definition of inflation. But, you know, saying that, are there any positive side effects of high inflation? Nope. Is there anything positive that can come out of inflation? Nope. So... (laughs)
6: <laughs> I hate to be that simple, but nope.
1: Listen, no, it's a full sentence, and it is, it's time that uh, that we that we start understanding this. So it is also good for us to remember who put us here in the first place. So that's a note, <laughs> and I will discuss that in the next hour because that's not what we're talking about right now. Fair so a little while ago, you had one of uh, one of our callers here asking you about how do you factor in the government pension on a financial plan? And I know that there's a lot of other people that, uh, you know, you're living longer into your year years now uh, because we artificially keep people alive for a very, very long time, which is great sometimes. But uh, if you are going to be around until you're a hundred, uh, do you have enough money to last you? And uh, so how do you factor in government pensions
6: into that financial plan that we speak of so often on the show? Well, I, I, I think it was a great suggestion you made um, to, to spend some time addressing the questions that we've gotten uh, from listeners and of course it seems that we get more questions when we're not on air than we do on um, mm-hmm. the audience is shy they don't uh, maybe uh, they are on on rogers and so they can't use their phone um so <laughs> they contact us outside the show and um and with so let's let's spend some time on in today's show just let's addressing their questions yeah let's do this so the, yeah that first one so how do you factor in government pensions into your financial plan so well, let's do a case study okay let's let's take a look at the average canadian out there and i've got these statistics straight off uh, you know the the published information from the canada pension plan and so and several sort of stated averages. So right now, the average Canadian salary, apparently, as of July 1st this year, is $54,630 a year. That's the average salary.
1: Okay. Hold on a second. Let's just go back here for a second. Yeah. So the average Canadian, individual Canadian salary. Yes. Average is 54000 yep. This is before uh, the taxman, you know, dips into your pockets. Yes, sir. Okay, so yes. I, I'm going to catch you over here. I mean, uh, 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 you know, by surprise on this one, but at that amount of income, how much um, take home would you have? And I know it depends on your situation, but uh, what would be an average uh,
6: tax, inc- uh, tax rate at this particular income level? Well, the tax rate is actually pretty low. I mean, you almost the entirety of that fifty-four thousand dollars is at a twenty percent tax bracket, um, and you've just sort of dipped into slightly above that rate. But uh, you know, overall, your average tax is about seventeen point six percent. You're you're mostly at twenty percent, and you've dipped a little bit into twenty-five. So the overall average is about seventeen point six. That's how much that's before, tax. That's before HST. That's before HST. That's before your EI and Canada pension plan contributions. uh, You know, because don't forget, we're going to we're going to take a chunk of that out of salary as well. So, yeah, I mean, your your take home is probably somewhere in the area of about thirty five hundred dollars a month. Okay, so the the question that I have for you here, so right. let's say that is
1: the, the the marginal tax rate for this is an average of seventeen percent. Then you sure. have your HST, you have to pay thirteen percent on everything that you buy. So whatever right. you buy with that remaining money would would, would increase your tax rate to thirty percent now. Correct. Right. Yep. Now, how what percentage of your income goes into the UIC and CPP?
6: Uh, CPP is now up to five point. Mm-hmm. Let me get you the exact number. Yeah. Uh, as of 2022, anyway, it's yeah. 5.7% of your income that goes into uh, CPP. And, and what is EI? It's like 2.1% or 1.9%. So let's just call it overall another 7.5%. 7.5%, let
1: us round it off to 8%, just for argument's sake. So you're looking at 38% of your income at $54,000 that is going to the taxman. We, sure. Can we agree on that? Okay. Sure. So that leaves you how much? Um, we'll give you what thirty-five thousand dollars, No, thirty-five thousand dollars is what it will give yeah. you, I guess.
6: Yeah. Of okay. net actual, yeah,
1: spending of net sure. income that stays there for you to live your life. So, you know, please carry on. I didn't mean to interrupt you. So, just so no, we no. know what we're talking about.
6: No, no, no. So, okay. So we got the average salary, call it 55,000 a year. Average household income is about 98. So it basically says one person's earning average. Another person the household is working at a little less than average. But uh, so how do we figure out Canada pension plan? Well, the statistics on CPP right now is that the average pensioner is receiving $727 a month. Old age security currently is going to be 666. So if you have a a couple where they've got, they've each got the average Canada pension plan, they've each got a full old age security, they're receiving just shy of $2,800 a month. From the government okay this is Uh, if you have no other investment this is just strictly from the government strictly from the government this is the base so the canada pension plan the purpose of it is to try to replace 25 percent of the average salary in Canada. And I don't know where they they come up with the statement of average. If it's just based on the year's maximum pensionable earnings, where you stop having to contribute to CPP, which this year is 65,000. So the the program was originally designed, let's replace 25% of that income in retirement. As long as you earn at least that much money over your career, then we'll replace 25%. They came out in 2018 and said, we're going to increase Canada pension plan. 25% is not enough cuz not everybody's maxing out the plan. So now their goal is to replace 33% of that average salary. But that's not where the average is at right now. Right now the average is at for a couple they're getting about $33 to $34,000 a year from the government. This so for tax, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's before tax. That's and CPP and OAS are both fully taxable Canada pension plan, old age security, both taxable. So if you want to know your specific numbers, you've got to open up an account with a online with the government. It's, it's called my service Canada. Okay. You go to go to the website. I, I did it myself literally last night. Cause you know, I tell everybody else to do it and I don't do it on my own. So I thought, all right, I should do this. Took me less than 10 minutes. Uh, created my own access to my Service Canada. I was able to pull up my own Canada Pension Plan statement, and it will tell you exactly: here is the pension if you were sixty-five today mm-hmm. that you would be eligible to receive. Uh, and right now, the the maximum pension is is twelve fifty-seven a month, twelve hundred fifty-seven dollars. So, so it doesn't matter think how much that.
1: money you paid into the system; that's the maximum that you could ever be paid.
6: That's correct. That's correct. Now that's just Canada pension plan, but that is the maximum $1,257 a month. Now think about that. 1257 is the maximum, but seven, what did I say? 727 is the average. Okay. So hold on a second. Let me understand this because yeah.
1: is, is, is your Canada pension plan calculated as a percentage of your income?
6: It's it's calculated as a percentage of your income up to a yearly maximum this year. That maximum is sixty five thousand. Right. So so you raise an interesting point. What happens if you're a high income earner? I'm I'm contributing the the CPP pension amount, the maximum I can, but it's capped at sixty five thousand. I can't if I'm earning two hundred thousand a year, I can't keep contributing that same percentage so that I can actually replace 25 or 33% of my income mm-hmm. I can only do a percentage of that maximum pensionable 65. earnings 65,000 so you know if if they're aiming for replacing 33% of that based on the 65,000 they're basically saying we want to provide you with about 22,000 a year now, if you're earning $22,000 is a fantastic base. You're still going to get old age security. You still have to save on your own. You know, heaven forbid you actually have a, a company funded pension. You know, you're in great shape. But if you're a high income earner, one hundred and fifty, two hundred, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, CPP is not going to cut it. Is you're in trouble. You're you're in trouble if you're, you're going trouble, to depend huh? on the government pensions. If you're an average couple out there. As a couple, you're getting maybe $34,000 a year, which is a great base, but we need to do more. So, you know, what, what happens if somebody said to me, okay, you know, as, as a couple, we're going to get 34000 a year. We figure we need another 40000 on top of that. We, we have about nearly a $75,000 a year lifestyle. You know, once the kids are gone, the mortgage is paid off. I don't have to save for retirement anymore. I need another 40 grand on top of the government stuff. How am I going to produce that? If you're 30 years old today, you got to save $1,800 a month. Excuse me. Invest $1,800 a month to get there. And if you're 40, you got to invest $2,700 a month. Damn. Starting from, starting from zero. Starting from scratch. That's what you've got to put away. What if you're 50. I don't want to depress anyone. Not going to do it. If you're 50 and you're starting from scratch, please call me. (laughs) I'll give you, I I mean, I'm not going to necessarily take you on as a client, but I'm going to give you some advice. If you're 50, we're going to talk about where you're at and what you're going to need to do to, to make some very dramatic changes to get you on course. Um, Because there's still time. Even if you're 50, there's still time. Don't call me. Starting from zero at 50 and saying, I want to retire at 60. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen, but you can still get to where you need to be. But yeah, you you know, your greatest ally, your greatest asset is time and you're letting it slip by. So we got to put the pedal to the floor. So I I, I do think that um,
1: high income earners, especially business owners that don't have a pension, are the ones at the biggest risk because mm-hmm. uh you know over the years i have met many many people who were very very monthly wealthy yeah. <laughs> they had a very high monthly income <laughs> you know they're monthly wealthy and uh they live that life uh yeah you you're making twenty thirty forty fifty thousand dollars a month and uh you are spending twenty thirty mm-hmm. forty fifty thousand dollars a month yeah uh, and that by definition would create a massive massive problem when that uh, income stream is gone because it's unsustainable we we all know that everything changes and your productive years are a very very short window Um, but uh, with business owners do you find that is is an issue
6: well in what you just described is, and don't be confused about this, that is someone who lives paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have this mental image when, when you say that phrase, oh, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Oh, you're probably making three, $4,000 a month. It's tough to make ends meet. The bills are, are piling up. Uh, but if you're making $40,000 a month and you're spending $40,000 a month, you are still living paycheck to paycheck. So yeah, exactly. When When that gravy train dries up, Um, you're left with nothing. So, you know, with business owners, one of the biggest challenges that we have, because a lot of business owners, you know, when they have cash, they have cash, but the rest of the time they live on credit Mm -hmm. because all the money is going into the business. So the challenge for business owners is how do I get some of this, income, some of this uh, wealth that's being generated by the business, how do I get it out of the business and into my hands, not just to to pay me a paycheck to support my family, but to build wealth that I can live off of? Because the the ones who don't pay attention to that very important detail, it's so important that you integrate the business with the family's financial wealth building. The people who don't pay attention to that detail, if something happens to their business Mm -hmm. and the business dies... you've never met a, a more bitter group of people in your life who in their 60s you know, or at any age, really, who had lived such a great lifestyle while the business was doing well, but didn't think about what happens when this stops. And when it does stop, they can't keep living the way they're living.
1: Well, look at it this way. I mean, if you have somebody that makes $4,000 a month that lives paycheck to paycheck, and you have somebody that makes $50,000 a month that lives paycheck to paycheck, yeah. the I, I reckon or I argue that the person that makes $50,000 a month who lives paycheck to, to paycheck is in far graver Danger than the one that makes four thousand dollars a month. Four thousand dollars a month is a lot easier to replace than fifty thousand dollars a month when the time comes. And that's why you see so many people that are, you know, with with the with the inflation and the interest rates and in this house poor situation that we've heard the term so many for so many years now. You know, you take a slight variation in that income generation uh, situation, and you get into deep, deep, deep financial problems. What advice would you have for these folks, uh, Mike? Because I think that, you know, it's very easy. And and I've had this, I think I had this discussion with you yesterday. It's very easy. Uh, When people start making money, it's very easy to convince themselves that they're right. Because they have nobody else to tell Mm -hmm. them that they're wrong. The money keeps on coming in. So I must be doing everything right. And next thing you know, things change. Life happens. Divorce takes place in everything you have. What, what advice would you give someone that is in that position right now that, uh, you know, they, they're, they're making a tremendous amount of money and they may have some savings available, but they depend mostly on that monthly income for them to live?
6: Well, that's, that's the challenges everybody faces. So what advice would I give? Time to build a plan. It's time, it's time to really dive into an understanding of what does your lifestyle cost and and what does your, what does your business or your occupation generate? And it doesn't matter your income level. If you tell me I need to live on every dime I make, you're in trouble and you got to change something.
1: Um, Would you, would you agree with the following statement Uh, that wealth isn't defined by how much money you have is defined by how long you
6: can go forward without having to work well that I think that would be a definition of, of being financially independent mm-hmm. for sure uh, and that's what I think everybody is is out trying to do there's very few people out there that uh, who, who want to design their life to work they you know the whole I want to work to live not live to work uh, scenario so I, I think that we have to get back to the basis of why are we working and some of it is uh, is self-esteem and, and self-interest and and keeping our mind moving and being involved in activities we enjoy. But at the the base root of it, it's about supplying for the lifestyle that I want to maintain. So to me, wealth obviously is, is your ability to build up a net worth over and above your income, build up a net worth that you have control of that, that says I'm financially independent Um, And as you mentioned, the ability to earn income does not necessarily translate into an ability to generate wealth fascinating
1: fascinating conversation folks uh, this is money mike he's my personal financial advisor if you have any questions uh, we are live uh, on the show right now 2892759600 you are welcome to call and have any questions about this or you can reach money mike after the show at moneymike.ca or you can call him on his personal cell phone number 905-320-6762 that is his personal number and uh, he will talk to you uh, we're going to take a short break the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and in Oakville Infinity and those who know know that before you make any car buying decisions, you need to come and see me at Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. Next, take us to a short break. We'll be right back.
5: What's up, Toronto? When the boogeyman goes to sleep, he checks under his bed for me. Ken Shamrock here, and you're listening to the Great Carrasco Show. Hello, Toronto. What's up, guys? This is Vito Belfer, and you are listening to one of the toughest guys on air. Greg Carrasco show, man. Congratulations on your show. I wish you all the best. Toronto, stay safe out there. God bless you, man. This is Vito Bell for the FINA. Ready to strike. Let's go.
0: There never seems to be a single penny left for me That's you.
1: I just discovered during the break that uh, money mike is a cat person <laughs> and uh, why are you a cat I, oh, hold on a second sure. you know i also like cats but i okay. own a dog i've had both at the same yeah. time
6: but why yeah. do you prefer cats i like dogs i love cats dogs are children that never grow up and i guess uh, i got enough energy going towards my own children uh, I don't. I, I just—they're too needy for me. They're a lot of fun. They're, ah. Dogs are like grandchildren. You, you want to go. You want to spend time with them. They're great fun, and then you want to turn them over to their owner and go back home. Wow, <laughs> that is a savage comment. You, you, you know what I think? I think we just
4: lost our <laughs> listeners. That's it.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Oh no. How, how to not gain listeners one one. <laughs>
6: <laughs> my god <laughs> yeah I, I i don't know what it is man but cats cats know cat people and uh i i go to homes where you are where yeah, weird <laughs> where where cats are like antisocial but they'll climb right up on my lap and i'll do the whole appointment with a cat sleeping on my lap it's it's cool
1: I like it. Wow. That's like, that makes you a a cat, the cat guy. How many cats do you have? Like four (laughs) or five cats? So, you know, when you retire, that's you envision your life with litter boxes, you know, planted all over the house. (laughs) No, no. My
6: my wife likes... Likes dogs. My wife, my wife's a dog person, not a cat person. So there will not be cats in my house ever. I'm also allergic to cats, which is a bit of a problem.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm also very, very allergic to cats, but I, I love yeah. cats. I've had, you know, the, I've only had two cats that belong to me. Like they were my cats. Uh, my first one, um, his name was Pontius Pilots. And, um, he was black, nice. black with blue eyes. He was a beautiful little kitten. And, um, uh, he left me one day and never came back. That's the problem with, you know, pets in Chile, right? You know, we don't have fences and stuff. And, you know, they just sneak away and boom, they're gone. Uh, sure. And my my second cat uh, was another little tiny uh, jet black. I love black cats that uh, were rescued from the Humane Society here in Oakville. And, uh, um, She grew uh, to to be, I I don't know, it was the biggest cat I've ever seen in my whole life. It was just giant. It was like a panther. But uh, she she just passed on about three months ago. It was not good. I was there for her with with my ex-wife and my youngest son. We were there uh, just holding her. And it was, you know, cats, pets in general, you're just buying yourself a heartache. You know, it'll happen. (laughs) And if I yep. if I think hard enough about Marcus, when he goes, ah, I already I feel sad about it already. Yeah. No, man, I I don't replace dogs with cats. You know, dogs are unbelievable. Do you have a, you don't have any pets in your house, Jody, Do you? Is Jody so my mom
2: has a husky. My parents have a husky. He he's such a drama queen. I swear to God, <laughs> cries over everything. Needs attention. Like if I if I bring lunch in and I don't, and I usually take extra chicken, you know, steak or salmon in for him. The dog eats like for the bougie dog needs steak. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dogs usually become like their owners, so that's Fucking that's no. what you oh, should they, snap. They adapt.
2: <laughs> yeah, and honestly, if I don't like. You know, warm up his chicken. He wants warm food, by the way. Oh, my Um, God. Doesn't want any cold stuff. Hates raw meat. And I have to warm up the chicken or the steak and then, like, cut into little pieces and give it to him. And if I start eating before he does, he will give me attitude. Like, he'll do a heavy voice and be like... What's going on, bud? Like, where's my food,
1: Jody? I have some news for you. You're about to have a baby. You need to control the spoiling uh, that you're doing because if you can do that for a dog,
4: Yeah. Oh,
1: that we are into trouble. But you know, <laughs> Mike, I'm, so, I'm sorry, buddy. We we're just talking about pets. Uh, we were supposed to be talking about money, but they are somehow, <laughs> uh, you know, we love money. We love pets. Uh, that's my segue. That's all there is to it. You know, you know, you somebody go. asked you a question the other day, or you saw something on social media,
0: oh yes, about
1: uh, somebody trying to teach people how they can still afford a house in in, in today's economy. And uh, what are your thoughts on this? Can you still own a house today? Can you save up for the down payment? And if
6: if so, how do you do it? Yeah, so so this was a this was a great one of those Instagram reels. Our house is still affordable in Canada, and and the guy made the argument. Absolutely, they they are. Here's how you do it. He said, save $8,000 a year for five years with an 8% rate of return. You'll have $47,000 and you'll have your 5% down payment. His argument was on an $800,000 house. (laughs) You got, you know, an an extra seven grand to pay for expenses. There's your 5% down. Like, okay, well, let's, let's take a look at your, your numerical example there. I, I do exactly as you say, and let's let's suspend all reality and say the house stays the same value five years from now, of course, uh, which obviously no one has believed to be true for you know decades or at least the last 20 years, especially. But now the housing prices are coming down. Who knows? Maybe we'll get to a point where housing price is the same as it was five years ago. So let's let's say that's the scenario. I want to buy an $800,000 house. I follow that advice. Now I've got $47,000. I have my 5% down. What's that house cost? Well, if it's an 880,000 or $800,000 home. Okay. And you put 5% down, you're going to have to pay CMHC fees. So in reality, what you're going to own is about one and a half percent of the value of the house. Okay. So you're buying an $800,000 house. You're going to need a $780,000 mortgage. So $780,000, if you're mortgaging it today, over 30 years, at today's interest rates, that's going to cost you $3,750 a month in a mortgage payment. So if we were still looking at interest rates that were available last year, you're paying 2.5% on that 30-year mortgage, it would be just over $3,000 a month. So I'm I'm going to suggest to the listeners housing is still not yet at a reasonably affordable position. If you are only able to save $8,000 a year for a down payment, you're not going to be able to afford a $3,000 a month mortgage payment. So, you know, if if people are realistic about being able to buy a house in this overinflated environment, I would say figure out what your mortgage payment would be and start saving that. If your mortgage payment is going to be $3,000 a month, you better be able to save $3,000 a month before you buy it. Yeah, but don't you still have living expenses right now? So how can you save that and still make your living expenses? Because you're going to have living expenses then. You know, 3000 a month mortgage payment doesn't address the property tax. It doesn't address all the utilities it costs and the maintenance of a home, let alone I want a new couch. I want to put a sprinkler in the front yard to keep that new grass looking looking nice.
1: Are you at telling a, me that the automatic uh, blackout blinds and uh, in, in
6: your place were not necessary? They didn't come standard. That's You're for sure. That had to had to buy extra. So no, it, at a bare minimum, and 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 there are plenty of people who earn enough money to buy homes, and and I I still think homes can be bought, but if you want to be realistic at it. Look at what your mortgage payment's going to be, and you better be able to save that amount at a minimum. Because if you can't, you won't be able to maintain the house. I I still think this is still the conversation that I have with um, most of my clients. Back in the day, uh, circa five years ago, Uh it was only my wealthy clients who were talking to me saying, we're going to have to help the kids to buy a house. We're going to have to help them with the, the down payment to make this affordable. As of about two or three years ago, that, or as of as of five years ago, it changed. Now everybody's having that conversation, With, whether they're wealthy or just the average person out there. Everybody thinks we're going to have to help our kids to buy a house. Do you think that we should? Well, it, it, it's a valid question because there's an element of that that says, "Are we just?" trying to force our kids into the lifestyle that we've let lived and we owned a house, therefore they should want to also. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I th- obviously, I, th- I still think there's a great value in owning homes and and I too want to help my kids to do it if they want to own a home. And so it, it becomes a question of, I think the better approach is to help your kids become self-reliant and become independent and help guide them to be in the position that they can afford to buy the home that they want um, or buy the home that they can afford either way.
1: Yeah, of course. And I do want you to elaborate a little bit more on that because um, I think it's an important conversation uh, to be had. I mean, how much do we really need to help our kids? Uh, But don't answer that right now. Uh, Let's take a short break because we do need to have one more break before the turn of the hour. Uh, Lex, uh, what do you think? Uh, We should go to a short break and... uh, and we'll be right back. So we have a few minutes to finalize that conversation, okay? Sure. Yep. Uh, folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and in Oakville Infinity, the home of the no commission salespeople. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back.
5: Darcy Tucker here. And if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show.
1: My dad told me Saturday mornings used to be for watching cartoons. And now we have to listen to this guy? My name's Lily, and you're listening to The Greg Orozco Show! Do yeah. it. Yeah. Now that is a question, money for nothing. Should we give a kid money for nothing when the time comes? <laughs> I, I am very conflicted on that, Mike. And uh, I think that, you know, people that, uh, the achievers, the, the producers, the people that have been able to amass a little bit of money uh, that will hopefully outlive them, um, it, it's, it's a dilemma that I have. Um, because I, as you know, I, I'm perfectly okay with setting up a fund for the kids to have when the time comes, uh, but I'm talking when they're older, you know, no and not in their twenties or thirties. I mean, at that point, then they need. I believe the uh, the real benefits in the struggle. <laughs> yeah. You can't appreciate something without struggling for it. For like, sure, honestly, you can't. It's like somebody coming to you. you, you it's your first day at jujitsu, and they hand you a, a black belt. It's like, oh, okay, that's great. There's, there's no price that was paid to get this. And uh, what are your thoughts on that? Because we only have a few minutes and I, I wanted to, to talk about this. Uh, the next topic is, is is a little bit more complex. So this one is something that we can try to unpack in a few minutes. Uh, if at all possible, maybe we should even talk about that in the next time you come.
6: Yeah, I think I I agree with the, with the notion. You don't want to demotivate your kids to produce for themselves if, um, if you're always, or or if you provide too much of a financial support system, it's they never have to provide for themselves, um, and so what I see, what I've seen in in some of my clients, is uh, some of them are providing uh, down payments for the f- to start have the kids start out with a with a house, but. The the kids themselves are paying the expense of maintaining their own home. So in essence, what they're doing is they're they're helping their kids leapfrog that sort of starter home level and getting into more of an intermediate home, not like a a full on you know, we have arrived and we're financially successful level of home, but they're, they're sort of bumping up the quality of the starter home that these kids are experiencing, but the full mortgages and expenses, the kids are paying themselves. So it's just helping them to upgrade a little bit to enjoy a little bit nicer of lifestyle. I don't know. I think they're still having to work for it. I think think it's a, it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope.
1: It's a great mistake because I, I can tell you that, you know, I, Again, you know, my mind changes on this often, but uh, yeah. um, I believe that if there is any money that is coming down for your kids, it's got to be a bonus. It's a bonus. It's over and above their own accomplishments. It's not something that they live their life uh, from. So if. If, if you are financing their house, if you're giving them the down payment, how will they ever understand the actual meaning of what it is to work so hard? I, I still remember when I met you, Michael, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we were discussing this briefly yesterday over lunch yeah. uh, and you had a roommate, you know, you yep. lived in a, you guys rented a place together.
6: Yes. You, do you remember those days? Of you course, don't go I back there. No, no, and I, but you know, I also really appreciated that time in my life when I was having some uh, some illusion of independence, but living on my own out of my parents' house and having to produce for any any expense. How that came old were up. you at the time when I moved out on my own? I was twenty-four. I mean, I I finished university at 23. So I stayed, I I went from university and I stayed at home for one more year while I got into my career and got my first car and um, did all that. So up until I finished university, I I didn't have anything, didn't have a job, didn't have a car. Uh, So I I lived at home with my parents for a year and then I moved out. (laughs) That's, uh, I, you know, my parents were, were great about this and I don't know, right or wrong. He, the approach my parents took was they said, when you graduate, when you finish school, whatever level you finish school at, when you finish school, you've got one year, you can live in our house rent free. You choose to live here after a year, you're paying rent. And so I didn't want to, I was eager to get out on my own and, and, and have that independence. So it was fine. Uh, my brother stayed a little bit longer. So he started paying rent. Wow. Yeah.
1: You know, I what I did with Josh, uh, you know, Josh lived with me all throughout university because he was going to uh, uh, UFT. So yeah. he was local um, and he moved in uh, when he was 17. He decided to stop living with his mom. He moved in with he was 17. So he lived with me all through university. And then uh, after university ended, you know, you, you want to find some independence. You want to behave like a full grown adult and so on. And and that lifestyle are conflicted with the rules of the house. So there was a lot of, you know, issue there, which is fine. I mean, eventually the kid needs to fly away from the nest. So there was, you know, we had some conversations and we put together a strategy instead of, instead of him paying rent, I was going to give him, you know, six months of rent. By himself somewhere. Gotcha. So all the expenses, everything was paid for for a period of time. And then he was going to be on his own. Yeah. So that was the only way that he could, you know, flap out his wings and test it out. And I can tell you it was probably I know it was it was a hard decision that was made, man, because I love my kid. Uh, and I miss him every every moment, you know, when he left the house it was just it was not good. You know, there was this presence, you know. Even though we wouldn't say much, he was studying, doing my thing. It was a thing. But uh, it was the best thing that we did. I mean, you know, he got engaged a couple of weeks ago, him and his oh. him and his fiance bought a place. Uh, and they did it on their own, you know, That's great. Uh, on, um, highway 10 and, and, uh, in the 403 and he's going to get married in a few, he's finishing off his LSAT, um, to go into law school and he's already working at a law firm in Toronto. But I tell you this, sometimes the best thing that you can do for your kids is not to be that nice. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. let them fly on their own, folks. I I'm, I'm super happy uh, to to share the microphone here in the studio with my personal financial advisor and very very good friend of mine, Money Mike. Uh, if you feel that uh, your finances need some guidance if you feel that your wealth is m- being mismanaged if you feel that you need some help in putting together a financial plan that is going to help you withstand the the storm of life because it is coming um, you know maybe you should need to you need to make that phone call so you can reach him at moneymike.ca or you can call him on his personal cell phone number at 905-320-6762 and like i I've, I've said about all the people that i choose to work with Mike is a good man. And for that reason, he will always be the only person that I voluntarily let touch my money. Mike, it was a pleasure. That hour went by super fast. Thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to having you on the show a couple of weeks from now. Thank you, Mike.
6: Looking forward to it. Have a good morning, gentlemen. Thank you, Mike. Um, Wow.
1: Next hour, folks, is the hour of the grievances. You can call the studio 289-275-9600 is the phone number. The lines are open and uh, uh, I'll discuss whatever is on your mind. You know, if somebody is upsetting you, if the world, your world is upside down and you need a shoulder to cry on, this is where the city congregates. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And we still have some vehicles in stock, so there is no need to wait. If you're looking to buy a car, and the last time you went to a store, they told you need, you needed to wait until 2023. Well, you don't have to. Come on, see me. We will put you into something right now. Oakville Nissan, Oakville Infinity. Flex, take us to a break. We'll be right back.
2: What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture, and if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care.
0: Carrasco trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a dial star, Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. The show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host. Greg
1: and just like that we two hours from my, really fast. you know
4: for a second there, I thought you were going to do the show standing up.
1: I was going to, but then I thought, ah, uh, I don't, you know, I I move a lot when I talk. My hands move, my head, everything moves. I, I'm just an expressive communicator. Yeah. Uh, and if the microphone is in my hand, there's going to be a lot of background noise, so I might as well just plump myself down here and try to control the movement. Well, at least you got to stretch a little bit. I need, I need, I need some treasure I'm sore. I'm so unbelievably sore these days. The, um, yeah, I'm training seven days a week, man. Seven days a week, I'm at the school, and uh, whether I do one hour or two hours is it depends on the day. Like yesterday, I, uh, I'm, I'm talking about Octa BJJ and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I, um, I'm one of the owners at Octa BJJ in in Oakville, and my partner Luis and I. Uh, opened up the school it's, it's not three months yet and the, the place has just exploded and thank you thank you for everybody that has supported the efforts and in, in the school but uh, uh, every day every day I show up at the school and I say okay today I'm gonna rest today I'm gonna train I'm gonna listen to my body I'm gonna be a nice grown-up man and I'm going to just take a day of rest and there I am, just talking to the parents, talking to the kids, cracking jokes, taking pictures, you know, doing all the things that I do. And next thing you know, two visitor black belts show up, and I'm like, ah, damn it.
4: Are you ready? Uh, right? Are you ready? Running- I tried
5: to get out, and they pulled
4: me back in. <laughs> and then they come in and say, are you ready for your next challenge? Are you ready? No, 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 no. The, you know, it's, it's, it's
1: amazing. I and mean, we, um, the vibe, people, I, I've said this on social media uh, often. People come in for jiu and they stay for the vibe. And we have been so lucky for the last almost three months now that uh, we haven't lost a student yet. And... Uh, the vibe is—it's uh, a family thing. It's a—it's a family thing at o- Octa BJJ, and the people that work there, the people you know, our our coaches are a set of unbelievable people. Um, there is a husband and wife uh, coach, Dasha and Sean, that are uh, that work at the school with us, and they are amazing. They are empathetic. They are communicative. They are loving. They care the people. They care about the jujitsu, the, the the curriculum. They care about the school uh you know, Ben and Roman and Derek, they come in and help all the time. And it's just, you know, we, we've created something that is evolving into uh, something that I love spending my time doing. Um, I leave my, my office a little bit after five o'clock at night every day. And from then I go straight to the school. So I get there around 530 or so and we don't leave until 10. So these are good, you know, 14 to 16 hour days. Every single day, and you know when uh, when you do what you love is not work. Is that that statement is not lost? It's not lost. We um, uh, jujitsu. I, I came. I didn't find jiu Jujitsu found me about six seven years ago. Or it feels that way, anyways. And I never stopped. it's, it's been the, the absolute most remarkable thing that I have found in my adult life. I can't explain to. How many I, I can't explain to eloquently enough to people how important it is to have um not martial arts in general. And I'm talking jujitsu specifically because it's different. Uh until you have tried other things, um, you will be able to find out what the difference is between jujitsu and every other martial arts that I start out there. Uh it's something different. It's different. Is uh is the closest thing that I have come across to a religious experience. Um, And also from a, from a, from a psychological, from a mental health standpoint, from a, uh, from a physical standpoint, I mean, you know, staying in shape is something that uh, I've always been very, very committed to. Um, You know, I, you don't get to look like this by accident, uh, (laughs) Nick. (laughs) (laughs) That's what well, I guess. I'll say flex. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is no accident, people. I, I, you know, I was, um, I was not genetically gifted. I was genetically screwed, <laughs> so uh, then nothing comes easy, especially when you get a little bit in sh- into your older years, and you know, you look at pizza and it goes to your stomach. You look at p- pizza and you grow. <laughs> I stopped growing vertically uh, when I was like eight so uh laterally however you know my body seems to have the proclivity of wanting to expand laterally so uh k- keeping that under control is uh it's been a tough thing um we uh we started a weight loss challenge at the at the store the other day and it begun uh, i believe was this past monday i i tipped the scale at 201 pounds uh now i'm According to all the BMI and scales and Google and everything else, somebody that is um, 201 and my height is considered to be uh, seriously obese. But you got muscle mass, though. Um, I don't know. What do you think?
3: Wow. <laughs> 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 well, you see, that's the thing, though. <laughs> that's the difference, though. You well, got muscle mass, I- then that doesn't. Technically matters, yeah. Sometimes. Still though, I you s- know they,
4: they say muscle muscle weighs more than fat. So what weighs more, Nick? A pound of muscle or a pound of fat? Well, I don't know. I've heard the saying many times that muscle weighs more than fat. Are, are we? Are, are we actually having this conversation, <laughs> Lex? What weighs more, a pound
3: of feathers or a pound of fat? Wow. Okay. was <laughs> well, I was, it, I was gonna. I was actually going to go and um, answer the first question, which is, a, you know, a pound of muscle may weigh more than a pound of fat, but a pound of fat feels heavier than a pound of muscle. Or
4: maybe it just looks
3: heavier. Guys, I can't believe that you guys are saying this out loud. I know. <laughs> like I, know, I, I, know I know. I know what I'm saying. I'm I know stuck. what I'm saying. I'm making myself sound dumb right now. <laughs> so on purpose. Okay. Hold on a second.
1: This is, I want to go back to the interview from this morning. Nick, what weighs
4: more, a pound of feathers or a pound of fat? a pound of fat
0: oh my god
4: (laughs) (laughs) you said a pound of feathers so (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh but tom we're gonna have to reassess this interview oh, man no. oh my oh no we, I, we already we, failed the interview you failed it huh? <laughs> you have failed it so violently i can't believe that this was said on air out loud so, am,
4: I, am i already getting fired <laughs> lex get ready did, no, did no, 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 no not
1: yet not yet not yet not yet I, <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Uh, anyways uh, folks please see if you can take an sos pad to your memory and just erase that little <laughs> two minutes or three, three minutes of your life but anyways as i was saying before i i'm sore man i, I I'm, I'm so sorry because i've been training now for you know seven days a week and whether it's one hour a day or two and a half hours a day it's seven days a week and it gets to you at some point. So, um, but I, it's impossible to take a break. Once you're in the school, you just have to go in and train. And, and that makes it difficult to do. Um, so a big shout out to the entire crew at Okta BJJ in Oakville. We are right off the uh, QEW on you know, where Whitecraft, there was a Tim Hortons here. I, at one point, that was the biggest Tim Hortons in the country, I think. And uh, I, I believe it's where head office used to be. But uh, we are right there behind the the Tesla and the Land Rover dealership in uh, in Oakville. You're gonna find uh, a seventeen hundred square feet uh, foot facility that is uh, filled with love and lots of awesome vibe and good jujitsu that you can come and join us and uh, i recommend that if anybody is looking for uh, uh to sign up their kids bef- uh, before september when school uh starts to do it now because um we're getting pretty close to getting all filled up which is unbelievable so um my future says that we may be opening a second school within the next 5 months maybe so let's see let's see what happens but anyways at the beginning of the show uh, i was talking to you all folks about um why negotiation is an illusion and why what is happening in the car industry these days is the absolute best that could have happened the best thing that could have happened to a regular consumer uh, the phone lines are open you can call me if you want we can discuss this of 289 275 289 275 is the phone number. And um I, I want to know if you have had any experience at a car dealership over the last little bit that you know makes you look at, at the at the industry in a different way. Um now you cannot go into a car dealership and negotiate anymore. Uh if you go in and ask for a discount, um they are l- they're not going to laugh at you. I always say that I use hyperbole to emphasize a point. Um, but they're not going to laugh at you, but they're, they're going to say, no, you, you, can't, you can't do it. I mean, we, we don't have enough cars to sell you for you to have that ability to negotiate. And, um, and believe it or not, that's not a bad thing. You see, we all we've all heard the story. Every, everybody has a guy, you know, your dad has a friend, your uncle, your schoolmate, somebody that knows how to beat up a car salesman. You know, that guy knows a guy that you can go and negotiate for you. We've all heard the story. Oh, yeah. Last time I went to this dealer, I kept them there for four or five hours negotiating on that car. And I got the best price. Oh, yeah. I really beat them up. And that story used to be a very common story. So people started to believe the, uh, the wives tale, you know, the uh, urban myth that you could find somebody that was so adept, that was so good at negotiating, that could out-negotiate the negotiators. And this is something that we've heard all along. That was one side of the equation. The other side of the equation was that you have retailers advertising not low prices, because that's different, right? They can advertise a low price, and that's, that's legit. I can sell you this car for X. That, we can't do that anymore. Um, but you had legitimate... Retailers, automotive retailers Saying that you can come and negotiate And I will give you the best deal We heard that all over the news I'll negotiate with you We will give you the best prices in town I will make you a deal Come down, just come down Come down and get in the ring with me And do what I do a thousand times a year For you to exercise your negotiating muscle that you use once every four or five years and see who wins. But I'm going to make you believe that this is possible, right? So that's how the game used to be played. You would be convinced that you would go into somebody that uh, would allow you to negotiate with them. Meanwhile, one of the best attributes of a good negotiator is to convince you that you won. <laughs> that, that is the number one job of a good negotiator, is to make you believe that you actually won the negotiation. But here is the problem. And this is something that is not often discussed. What does it mean when you have won a negotiation? And i'm gonna ask for your opinion here, especially from my panel my my super engaged panel jody lex and Nick Nick is on instagram right now he's not even paying attention <laughs> no. um, that's <laughs> not true what, lex in in that your in your opinion what does it mean when you win a negotiation uh you know for the for the purpose of the show uh when you win a
3: car negotiation that's a good question i i don't know i just know that or i just have a feeling like when you're negotiating uh and uh i think this concept goes when you're negotiating and uh both of you don't get what you want in some way then that's a compromise and you both win somehow
1: it's okay an- you lost me you you that. Can you,
3: can yeah, I lost me, too. I, I lost like me, that. too. That was, yeah. that was something I heard from Star Trek Lower Decks, the cartoon show. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> so, in your opinion, not the opinion of the Star Trek, the uh, the cartoon, uh, <laughs> what does it mean to you if if you want a
3: car dealing negotiated, uh, negotiation? I don't even know how to answer that because I've never been in negotiation You've in You've never that negotiated to sort of buy your car? Because as you said, there's no point in negotiating. It's like, you know, it's what the car is right now and basically supply and demand, there's not a lot of supply. So whatever is there, I gotta take it and then, you know, add things like, you know, uh whatever bells and whistles I want on it or something like that. But not much point in negotiation really
1: so you know maybe a better person to ask this is jody because jody tried to negotiate with me once and then she left me
4: i did <laughs> yes
1: didn't you come down to have a look at one of our cars and you bought something else
2: <laughs> yeah because okay so <laughs> i'm not really good at negotiating i take my dad with me everywhere come on you know the answer is <laughs> dad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So what um, did you feel that you have won that negotiation because I think at the time you bought yourself a Volvo, right?
2: No, I want, I was looking at a Volvo.
1: yeah.
2: I liked it, but then I don't know why I felt like you know maybe I should get like a more like a big car you know family so I can fit some baby seats in there.
1: <laughs> okay, hand <Hint>, hand <hint.
2: laughs> so, yeah, I know And I did like the infinity. Was it the QX or?
1: Yeah, the QX50? Or yeah. the QX50 so, one know what was? I can't I remember
2: now the Qx was like I thought like it felt like a little I felt a little tight in the back oh,
1: it, it, then it was a qx50 yeah it was a smaller yeah. one.
2: so that's the one that that's I think that was my main reason why I, I was kind of uh I wasn't into that car because I felt tight in the back I like spacious trucks I like so, my thing big
1: so did you did you did you go <laughs> Oh, good, God. Okay. Um, did you go in and negotiate it for this transaction?
2: For this one? Yeah, my dad did.
1: So <laughs> like, were you there doing the negotiation? Pardon? Were you there doing the negotiation?
2: Yeah, no, actually it wasn't. He just went in there, he did it for me, and then he told me to go in and sign and do the rest of it.
1: Interesting. So you see... <laughs> As I, as I was, you know, commenting in the past, we, we always found a way to get someone at the dealership that is was going to be able to either do it, we can do it ourselves, or so, to represent us. in when it came to the struggle, the fight that you, you needed to have with a car sales guy for you to get as much money off as you could possibly get. Wow. And, and that became the game. So... Initially, you would walk in and uh, they, somebody will go through the entire sales process with you. And for those of you that don't know what that is, I'll tell you what it is is uh, you come in and it's the meet and greet, is the council, just to, you know, discovery, as some people call it. Then you have the presentation, they will present you the vehicle. Then they will do the demonstration, so they'll take you on a test drive. Then there will be a trial close in which they would try to sell you the vehicle, and then it would be a close of course, when they sell you the car. And after that, there would be a delivery when you come and pick up the vehicle. And then the final step is follow up, follow up, follow up, and follow up some more. That was the actual process. And this is on this is on, on books uh, of our industry. That is the process as we knew it. So during that process, the salesperson would always be asking you probing questions. You know, when do we like to pick it up? You know, what color would you like? And what do you need it for? You know, is next week better than this week? And so on and so on. Just to ask your leading questions for to see if you would bite into the whole idea of buying a vehicle from them right now. But often they would ask you, you know, would you like to make us an offer? Or if I can give you the price that you're looking for, would you buy a vehicle from us today? That was a question that they would ask you, you know, if I give you everything you want, would you buy a car for me today? And most regular people would say, sure. So the moment the yes came out of your mouth, they would say, okay, can I have your credit card and your driver's license? Because if you don't have a credit card and you don't have a driver's license, you can not buy a car. So at this point, is when you decided who was a player. And when I say a player, who was actually in the process of buying a vehicle? Because if you don't have a credit card and a driver license right there with you, you're not buying anything. So that's how you would start with the difference. So now at this point, there would be a couple of things. Uh, the old school would try the best to get the customer to say, OK, can you make me an offer? What is the number that you want us to give you just to flash out the cards? You know, just to flush out the, the, the other player's game, to see what they were at, what they were holding on to. And the game would begin. So the salesperson would pretend to work for you. And um, <laughs> when I say they would pretend to work for you, uh, y- you need to take this with a grain of salt. It's just that's what they were trained to do. So these people are not guilty of anything other than just trying to do what they were taught to do in the first place. That was the, the way the game was played. So... Then they would go into the sales manager's office and the sales manager would say, you know, I can't sell you the car for that. You need to get me this much. And then the salesperson would come back and say, you know, look, we can't sell you the vehicle for this, but this is what we need. And traditionally, the customer would say, "Okay, why don't we just split the difference or something to that effect? (laughs) And the transaction would happen from time to time. We would get the tough guy that would come in and say, no, I'm giving you this or I'm leaving.
2: That was my dad.
1: Yes. Honestly, so,
2: I remember sitting in dealerships for four or five hours <laughs> and where my dad'd be like, Nope, you're gonna no. agree with my number. And guess what? They would end up agreeing with his number.
1: You, you see, in in that and that was the illusion because that's You see, that's that's the part that dealers were so good at convincing you, because this is what it ultimately came down to. You know, you would have a tough guy that would come in. Okay, this is what I'm prepared to pay. And I'm not giving you a penny more. And uh, they would stick there and they would sit at the dealership for one, two, three, four, five, six hours. Sometimes you would see people do this on a Saturday. But People believed that they were holding on strong for six hours, beating the dealer down for them to give you what you wanted. But that wasn't it. The dealer was keeping you there as long as they had to, to see if there was more money that they could take from you. So you never kept the dealer five hours. They kept you. And if they did sell you the vehicle, it's because... They got the price that they wanted. Because I can tell you this. No single negotiator ever, ever got the price that they wanted. The dealer got what they needed to sell the vehicle. Does that make sense to you, Lex? That does make sense, actually. So the illusion that you could win a negotiation at a car dealership was a very, very involved game. But it was a losing game. It was a – what do you call that when uh, uh, when you have a pool player that is an expert pool player and he pretends that he doesn't know? A hustle. He goes, uh, no Hustle. No, there's another name for it. Uh a Shark. You know, it, the the name would, would, would come would come to me, but it, it's some something to that effect. So this these people would pretend that they were getting beat up, and that they were sad, and they were angry, and they would, you know, there was all these theatrics that you that they would play, uh, making you feel that you have beaten the dealer down to the point that there was no other money that they could possibly give you, and that they were losing money in the exchange, and that they were selling you the vehicle at a loss. Because at some point, your happiness was the the size of your happiness was determined by how unhappy the dealer was. The more angry the dealer
4: was for selling you the vehicle at such a huge loss, the happier you became. So it's all about winning in a sense. Feeling of like course, you, feeling like you won. Of to. course,
1: in this, in some of the best dealers at that were the ones that were the most successful dealers at making you believe. That you, that you had actually won. Yeah. And in and this is a harsh reality for people to come to terms with because everybody says when I say, "Oh no 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 no," I beat that guy down because it's an ego thing, right? You know, it's an ego. I I the dealer will never win. I'm a good negotiator.
4: I can just imagine the dealer going, like, you know, the the, the buyer going, like, "Yes, I won." I won, and the dealer being like, "Yeah, you did, you did." As soon as he leaves, like, yeah. <laughs> You know, we, we got what we want. You know, and he th- comes back, and oh, oh I'm, I'm depressed. You here. know, think about, think about something for a second here. And
1: uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to toss this out because I want you to understand why I don't have a lot of friends in the car industry. <laughs> because I talk about these things. Think about this for a second, okay? Let's say that you bought a car for $30,000. That's what the dealer paid for $30,000, okay? Do you think that... The dealer will willingly sell you the willingly sell you the vehicle for 25. No. No. Why? Willingly no. Yeah, but why?
4: Because he'll be losing 5000 dollars
1: Uh but you, you you do know that there are people out there that believe that a dealership would lose money to sell you a car, right?
3: Really? I mean
1: Of course. That's what that's what they made you believe. You know, it, you made me lose money on this car. Mm-hmm. You know. I can't believe I'm doing this. I've never done this before. <laughs>
3: <laughs> see I've never done it before. Huh? my godfather, uh, he is a dealer at Honda in Scarborough. And uh and uh, um I just I just let him take care of it for me, basically. Uh I, I know he wouldn't uh put me in the in a bad position, but he's, I know he's also gonna get paid too. So <laughs> is he a salesperson? Yes. I see. So you trust the salesperson? I trust my godfather. I see. Does he get paid on commission? Yes. Interesting. We have I a phone should, call. I, d- I, will, I, don't, I don't know. I would assume. Sorry. I
4: assume. Okay. Hold on. For a second. Who do we have on the line here, Nick? We have George. And he says he wants to ask a question about a deposit on a deal. Okay. George,
1: you are talking to the slacker himself. How can I make your life better this morning?
5: Morning. Hello, Greg. Good morning. Oh, How are you doing?
1: I'm very well, thank you. How can I help you?
5: Yes, oh, I have a question. Um, my daughter was uh, about to buy a car in a, one manufacturer in So um, she made uh, the deal, let's say, in the way that she put a deposit, $1,000. Uh, but the car was not, of course... On stock, the dealers say, "Well, you have to wait for a month because we have to order so and so, okay. uh, you have to come back in uh, about three weeks uh, to see if the car is here." But in between that elapsed time, um, something happened in the marriage, <laughs> uh, which of course uh, didn't allow her to go forward with the actual uh, purchase of the car. So she went back <clears throat> to the dealer about four weeks after and say, sorry, but this is this happening. Um, I am unable to buy the car. Uh, can I get my deposit back? The salesperson say, yes, you can, uh, but you have to wait until we sell the car to other person. Okay. She said, that's fine. So she wait for about three weeks. She went back. And uh, the salesperson uh, says, oh, no, I cannot uh, decide about this. You have to talk to the manager of the dealer. And the manager says, sorry, uh, we cannot return the car. Um, you mean the deposit? So, yes, she make a deposit. Um, so I don't know if that is correct, if is, or, or she has any means of... Uh, claim back the thousand dollars deposit well
1: look <laughs> um what i'm going to tell you is not good but it's the truth okay in the uh, okay. in the in the province of ontario there is no such a thing as a cancellation uh period for a car deal but this is a pretty involved question and i'm going to I'm going to break it down for you because you need some help and I'm going to help you with this, but I need you to do something for me. Yeah. I need you to give me a few seconds because we need to go to a commercial break, and I want to help you out on this one. Oh, sure, <laughs> this show is Thank brought you. to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, folks. If you have any questions, call me two eight nine two seven five ninety six hundred. I will, uh, I will try to you know shed some light into what is happening in the car industry these days, and uh, hopefully we can help this fine gentleman here with this thousand dollar deposit. Lex, take us to a break. We'll be right back. Hey, hey,
6: My name is Sean Avery. I love getting under people's skin, but not as much as this guy. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show.
5: Hey, hey, what's up, Toronto? When the boogeyman goes to sleep, he checks under his bed for me. Ken Shamrock here, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hello, Toronto.
1: George is pretty worried about his deposit at this car dealership in which city uh, is the is the dealership at uh, George Petropico and uh, Well, listen, a couple of things that you need to know. Uh, mm-hmm. there, is, there is a potential solution. Um, but here mm-hmm. is where it, you know, it gets a little dicey. So in the province of Ontario, you cannot cancel a cardio. So whether somebody dies in your house or you get divorced or your wife leaves you and you mm-hmm. find her with the hairdresser, uh, it doesn't matter. You know, it's that's not a the dealership doesn't mm-hmm. care. They shouldn't. They, those two things are completely unrelated. Uh, it's the same thing that when you buy a vehicle and you don't check your insurance before you go to the car dealership, and then you say, "Oh, my insurance was so high, I can't take over the I can't mm-hmm. take the loan." Nah, that's not the dealer's problem. You you need to make sure that all your docs are in a row uh, before you come into the store. So the beauty about this is that you you don't have a reason to cancel the transaction. So two things can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go down to the store. You can have an actual conversation with the general manager and tell them the truth. Uh, you tell them the mm-hmm. truth, and uh, at this point, you are going to be appealing to the human side of the business. And if you're nice, correct. Uh, if you're nice, the uh, the general manager is going to understand what's going on, and uh, they may give you a pass. At least that's what I would like to do. Now, if you mm-hmm. if you don't get um, a desired answer from the dealership Then you go to OMVIC Now ONVIC is the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council They have um, a, a line that you can call And they, they have resources So then you will have a representative from the government To interfere for you So they will be your liaison with the dealer, dealer uh and, uh
5: Go ahead dealer, dealer. 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 Dealer.
1: Can you turn your radio down, uh, George? Because I can hear myself in the background. Okay. I'm uh, sorry. You know what, George? Are you there? So he's still there. She just. Hello. Yeah. I. You know. You need to turn the radio down because it's coming back here on on the show. So you you need to stop that. Okay. Are you there? Uh, I'm here. Okay, so if you go once you go to OMVIC, OMVIC would put a a, a case uh, manager on uh, on the file, and they will help you have the conversation with the general manager. Traditionally, what happens is that you the dealership will uh, pay itself for the damages because when you buy a vehicle, depending on how far into the transaction it went. So, for example, if they had to do rust proofing, and undercoating, and paint protection, if they put 3M and tint and all those things, and then they had to license the vehicle, all that stuff costs money so the dealership will pay mm-hmm. itself for the damages and they will refund you the difference of the money now if the vehicle was never there do you have a VIN number on that bill of sale
5: Um not sure I will have to find out
1: okay so if you don't have a VIN number on that bill of sale then that is your get out of jail free card because there was never a car that they were selling you they were waiting for something you know what I'm saying? So yeah. at this point you yeah. really don't have any charges against you and you can you can cancel the transactions now. That can only happen after 90 days. So if it's within oh, okay. 90 days the dealership doesn't give you doesn't need to give you the money back. You bought a car. You know what I'm saying?
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, you know, go and have a conversation with the general manager of the dealership there, George. And uh, if you don't get what you want, uh, or if you don't have a reasonable answer from them, then I would advise you to go into OMVIC and have the conversation with them and see if there is anything that they can do to help you. But, uh, you know, not all is lost. Um, But again, this is very, very important, folks, that if you are looking to buy a vehicle, make sure that you have all your ducks in a row, because there is no such a thing as a cancellation policy at a car dealership, new Mm -hmm. or used car. There is no such a thing. There is no cool enough period. You buy a car, you buy a car. Got That's it. that it. Thank you, you very sure. much, Greg. No problem, buddy. No problem. Absolutely. Just keep on listening. Thank you so much. You know, this, this answer is something that I have to give to people often. Uh, and it's mostly because we are, we are under the illusion that uh, that uh, we can actually have
4: a cool enough period when you're buying a vehicle. Who else are we having on the line here? Okay, so... This person, the only message here is, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) The person only said, I don't
1: know. (laughs) Okay, I don't know. Uh, You are on on air with Craig. How are you? How can I help you? Uh,
5: This is Frank from North York.
1: Hi, Frank from North York.
5: How you doing, buddy?
1: I am doing well. How can I help you this morning, Frank? Well,
5: my daughters. Uh, my I got two daughters and my wife are in italy and uh I, the exchange the euro exchange for our Canadian dollars like a dollar a and okay. I was wondering why is our dollar so crappy?
1: well there are there are many, uh, many 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 reasons why uh you know our economy is uh is certainly not as strong as it once was but uh, i mean we're talking deep finance here i i honestly don't have the answer for
2: you
5: hey, I don't, I... Uh, your friend uh, the money g- person he can
1: uh, maybe, maybe, why. M- maybe uh, except that he's, he's gone. You're about uh, 45 minutes late, Frank. So what I can oh, do is that yet next time, uh, next time I see him, I'll ask him for you. Why is it that the exchange rate is so bad for Canadian dollar? You see, usually the Canadian dollar is valued against us currency. And that is what sets the pace for the world, uh, world economy. Uh, things are changing these days, so I don't really know what is happening with the exchange rate. In fact, I know that it's like thirty percent off. That's what you just said, but uh, I, I really don't know. That's a realm of um, of knowledge that I don't have in me. I'll I'll read a little bit more about it, and perhaps we can have this discussion at a later date. Frank, thank you so much for calling the show, man. I really appreciate. Oh, it. by the <laughs> oh, we lost him. Sorry, Frank. You see, Nick, you're already messing up, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm reconsidering this uh, this employment situation oh, here, Jody. No, I don't know. Man. No. This is a uh, it's, it's, it's we, all my we fault. We need to. Sorry, Frank. Uh, you know, Nick deliberately hang up on you. I told him <laughs> not to, but he just did it. He looked at me, and I, I see in slow motion his finger was going down to just. You know, cancel you. Yeah. And uh, and I was very angry too when I did it. Yeah, you you did it. A lot of rage. Grimacing. (laughs) Ragtag group of dudes. (laughs) Uh, Folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Uh, We're going to take a very, very short break and we'll be right back.
2: What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture, and if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take
5: care. Darcy Tucker here, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
0: That
1: was actually baby a handsome day. Nick. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's one that, song I can't resist singing along. That is a classic.
1: That is handsome, handsome Nick.
4: <laughs> my, my singing debut on the on the airwaves, you know. <laughs> Why do people call you
1: handsome nick you know you know they say that three people having sex is a threesome two is a twosome why do they call you handsome
3: <laughs> This may sound sound non sequitur uh. but i think it needed more cowbell <laughs> oh man that was a that was a
1: classic snl skit it was that a, it was snl right oh yeah 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 you can never so.
3: ever ever have too much cowbell <laughs> oh boy Christopher Walken says that Will Ferrell ruined his life <laughs> Of course <laughs> two, two legends
1: uh, You know the show is so much more fun when we sidetrack But uh, for reasons that uh, are obvious We could never air the conversations that take place during commercials And as I see your husband in the background there Jody Sporting the, the muscle shirt just flexing We should have, we should for sure have him on air. He's ignoring me in the background there. Um, (laughs) But, anyways, you know, we we were talking about how uh, negotiation was always an illusion. And I'm going to try to just put an end to that. Um, What's happening today (laughs) in the car industry is the absolute best thing that could have happened to the consumer. And I'll tell you why I'm going to try to do this in five minutes or less. You see, there are no cars. We know this. I have a few left at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity so if you want to take something soon you can come down. There aren't almost no cars out there. Which means that scarcity always rises, you know, raises the prices, you know, and that remember the days when we uh, were going crazy looking for toilet paper? Remember those days?
4: I do remember that, but the beginning of COVID.
1: What happened to toilet paper prices? They went up. Mhm.
4: So when there is a scarcity of something, the prices always, always go up. I heard there were some people, you know, who bought, you know, uh, stacks and stacks of toilet paper and hand sanitizer and resold some of it to make a profit. Yeah. I think that social media did a great job shaming some of those folks. But, you know, lesson to self.
1: Buy yourself a bidet. You will never have to worry about toilet papers again. But anyways, that's a different conversation. So. Scarcity always makes prices go up, so the prices are going up on cars right now. And politicians want to make sure that they take as much money from you as they can by, you know, creating inflation. You know, interest rates are higher. You're not spending as much money, and uh, whatever you are spending that you're borrowing, you're paying a ton of dough. So prices are going up. But when there are no vehicles, there is only a limit of the amount of money that you will be charged for a vehicle at a car dealership. And that is limited by the government There are some guidelines here that you need to follow Um, But the best thing about this folks Is this That when there is a lot of product When there are so many Cars available for People to buy What happens to those prices? Then they go down Precisely So now You can literally drive a vehicle For four years (laughs) If you you have a two, three or four year lease and your lease is coming up now, you are literally going to make money when you return that car. That has never happened in the history of the car industry, folks. It has never happened. In fact, today, used vehicles are worth more money than new cars. And it's simply because you cannot find new cars. So for the first time in history, We are defying financial yeah, financial uh, repercussions that you would have on buying depreciated assets.
4: Yeah, you know, and it's it it does make sense because even, you know, my 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 dad had a second car that uh, he didn't use much. So he sold it, you know, a few months back and he got, you know, he got twice, twice more money. Than what he thought he was going to get, then you know well, what normally he would have gotten if there wouldn't have been a car shortage. And it actually, it actually was a Nissan. Which could, which Nissan was it? Uh, Nissan Sentra, and he 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 sold it because the thing is he bought it originally from Milton Nissan. so okay. he resold it to Milton Nissan, a few years down the road.
1: When did he sell this car?
4: Uh, this year. Were you working for me at the time? What's that? Were you working for me at the time here on the show? Uh, well, I. I, I think it was at the beginning of the year either it was either at, at the beginning of when I was working for you or right before because if he did it while you were working for me you're fired <laughs> I th- honestly think it was right before <laughs> I think it was like January <laughs> 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 oh, <no. laughs>
1: anyway so what's happening today folks look you need to look at it for what it is the vehicles are not depreciating the way that they used to and that uh, yeah you might you may be paying a little bit more at inception when you buying the vehicle today because the prices are holding steady uh, and, and the supply of vehicle is not going to change. I mean, we, are, we have been into this th- this product shortage for about a year now and then some. So the prices are not going to go down. But it also means to you that even though you're paying a few thousand dollars more when you buy the car because there are no discounts or incentives or special rebates from the manufacturers, that your vehicle now is not getting depreciated by the manufacturers, by the flooding, the over, over Overflooding of the marketplace with cars that people don't need. So it, it was not an unusual thing for you to lose 30% of the value of the car back in the day. You know, you buy a vehicle for, you know, $30,000 and by the time you got home, it was, it was worth 20. Th- today, that's not the case. So if I have to sacrifice spending you know, another two, three, $4,000 more when you buy the vehicle today at inception, I'll take that all day long if I don't have to suffer the depreciation that cars suffer, you know, back in the day. It's it's something that you need to look at when you're you're purchasing a vehicle today. And I can tell you, for the first time ever, customer service is the ultimate equalizer because customer service is ultimately what's selling vehicles today. It's not the price. And, you know, I'll tell you this, in the absence of value, price is always what was used to draw you into places that you may not want to spend your money at today dealerships are succeeding because they're providing you good value so this is a good time in the car industry folks i'll tell you and um, you know i'm trying to do whatever i can to help in that endeavor so the town of oakville is safe oakville Nissan and oakville infinity is where i believe everybody should come down before you make any car buying decisions because even if you need some advice on what to get i often don't have what you're looking for so I'll tell you where to go. I know people that will look after you the same way that I would. And on that basis, I will provide you with a network of safety that will protect your interests when the time comes. So again, thank you so much, folks, for listening to, <laughs> to the Carrasco show every single Saturday morning. I love you all except one, maybe two, maybe three. That number is growing this week. A couple of people got me. Fixed. But I haven't decided yet whether I'm going to put them in the ultimate list. Until then, before you make any car buying decisions, you need to come and see me. You already know where. At Oakville Lisa, In Oakville Infinity for that matter. And you know why. There's something happening there. At Oakville
0: Of me, I'll be alone, dancing, you know it will be. Tell me your troubles and doubts. Get everything inside and out and love strange, real and talk. Think of continuous thing.
4: It's been an honor serving with you all. Autobots roll out.